Paperlike is a magical screen protector for your iPad that makes it feel like you are writing on paper. I use my iPad to take notes for school and to journal and to plan my whole life out, and I love that I get the convenience of writing on my iPad with the comfort of it feeling like I'm writing or drawing on paper. To pick up your own Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com gruesome, click buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now until January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost with every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. Ready to do more with your iPad? Head over to paperlike.com gruesome to get started. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie, and flu patient zero Meg is going to tell us all about Nancy Fister tonight. That's why we have a late episode, guys, because Connie had it last time, and then I got it. I gave it to her virtually. (laughs) She gave me the flu virtually. No, it was a, it's been a rough week. I think that people don't realize how infrequent we actually hang out. We uh, hang out every from week, lo- like on this, every like, week in person. <laughs> but we don't see each other in person that often. No, like every couple months, maybe if we're lucky. When was the last yeah. time we saw each other? Sep. Was it September? Uh, no, October. No. I went to a birthday party and we met in Fort Wayne. Oh yeah, I do remember that. I think that was the last time. Was that the last time I saw you? Yeah, probably. Because we went to the thrift store, too. Yeah. And then now it's my birthday. It'll be February. Yeah. But pretty much quarterly. Yeah, quarterly hangouts. (laughs) We got to get better at this. (laughs) We got stuff going on. Oh, okay. So, Nancy Pfister. When you hear Aspen, Colorado, you probably get... Visions of snow-capped mountains dotted with skiers and snowboarders. I think of Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. Every time. (laughs) You might think of Dumb and Dumber (laughs) for a vacation destination for the wealthy, like in Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) <laughs> you might think of second homes or high-end shopping, but your first thought definitely isn't murder. No. Mm-mm. Nope. That It doesn't happen there. And that's pretty true. When Nancy Fister was found brutally murdered in 2014, the community around Aspen, Colorado was rocked. There hadn't been a homicide in Aspen in almost 15 years. Holy crap. They had one in 2001, and then they had the next one in 2014. Nancy was like Aspen royalty. 13 years? Yeah, yeah. Almost 15. (laughs) Uh, Did I not say almost? (laughs) No, you said 15 years, and I was like, that's 13 years. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to throw an almost in there. Excuse my (laughs) lack of words. Nancy's father was Art Fister. He had developed his family's cattle ranch into the Buttermilk Mountain Ski Area in 1958. This is a mountain that has hosted the X Games. It serves as some of the easiest mountain skiing in the area. It's one of the three primary places that people go. This sounds like a Yellowstone episode. (laughs) I still haven't started it. I don't know how to reference it but you know what i feel like i can see the vibe and you're yeah, probably selling right. a ranch for a ski resort <laughs> but that's what they're fighting against so oh no the this guy did it and he made a lot of money doing it he developed aspen at the perfect time right before it was about to blow up and become this Aww, like celebrity perfect. hub they really nailed it Nancy was born on the 4th of July, 1956, to Art and her mother, Betty Fister. 
Betty was a legendary aviator. She flew with Wasp in World War II. She twice won the all-women's international air race. Betty was instrumental in the implementation of the Aspen Valley Hospital Heliport and the Pitkin County Air Rescue Group, which she flew numerous mountain rescue missions for. Holy cannoli. Her mom had a, a helicopter named Tinkerbell that she used to park in the driveway. Like just that's goals right there. It really is. It's cool mom goals. Like I hope mm-hmm. my kids have like cool stories to tell. I just have a Honda Odyssey parked. <laughs> and a golf cart right now. <laughs> that's that's what I want though. Like, oh yeah, my mom always had her hot pink golf cart parked mm-hmm. in the in the thing. <laughs> she would try to race the old guys around town. Stuff like that. You know, that's what I want. Yeah. Nancy left home for Brooklyn, New York, after high school to attend the Pratt Institute, but she dropped out and returned home at age 20 to help with the family business. There was plenty for her to do because the resort was booming. Art and Betty passed their adventurous spirits into their three children, who came of age in Aspen as it was becoming a hotspot for celebrities and socialites. Nancy had met the Kennedys. She met Jack Nicholson and Cher all while they were staying at her parents' resort. She had her pick of men. She was once linked to a young Michael Douglas. She was enigmatic and beautiful and a social butterfly. It was hard to cage her, so she never married. But at age 29, she had her first daughter, Juliana. And at 39, she had her son. She raised them both as a single mother in a log home that her father had built for her in 1991. And when I say log home, I don't mean like a cabin. Like this is a very nice home. Yeah. (laughs) On the side of a mountain. It's beautiful. Nancy loved to travel. And during winters, she would frequently search for a travel destination that was warm. One of her favorite destinations was Australia. Now, Nancy worked with her family's resort, and she would eventually be an heiress. Like She was going to be one of the people to inherit this massive establishment that her family had built. But to cover the cost of her trips, she would rent out her home while she was gone for a couple of months during the winter, just to like make some extra money. No one was living there. It didn't seem like a yeah. bad idea. So Nancy had put an ad in the Aspen Times, and it read, three-bedroom house, three-and-a-half baths, house on the mountain, no cats. And it was listed at $4,000 a month plus utilities. She also posted on Facebook. The post read, please rent my house sometime, or please rent my house someone. It's a great deal because it comes with my beautiful Labradoodle Gabe, a very well-behaved gentle dog. I would like to travel until the end of May or June. Nancy's friend Kathy, who worked at Alpine Bank, managed the home while Nancy traveled. She would show tenants the home and how to take care of Gabe, etc. So part of renting her house short-term came with her dog like if you rented her house you also had to take care of her dog while you were living there i would be like bro i'm paying four thousand dollars i am not taking care of your dog sorry why don't you like also if you love your dog so much why don't you just just take take him him with you you? just take the dog vacation if he's such a gentle well-behaved yeah this is nothing against her but if they were like you also have chores while you live here i'd be like no (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) it's uh like how when you stay in Airbnbs and the, the expectations get more and more extreme. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm not doing any of those things. I just paid you like $7 million a night in these cleaning fees. Like I'm not doing right. shit. Put it in the dishwasher for you and that's it. <laughs> this ad um, was just with the Stylers, who were a couple from Kansas. It's just what they were searching for because they were looking for a fresh start. Nancy Styler was 62 and was, and I quote, a world-renowned lily pad expert. Her husband, Trey, was a retired anesthesiologist. That sounds like an episode of House Hunters. Mm-hmm. Like, Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a lily pad expert. 
Budget, $4 million. My husband's retired and our budget is $4 million. Yeah, exactly. The Stylers were roughly 10 years older than Pfister. The couple had met several years prior in a hospital in Wichita, Kansas, where Trey worked as a doctor and Nancy was an instructor. The Stylers were married in 1985. They had no children, but Trey did have two daughters from a previous marriage. In 1986, they moved to a large house in Valley Center, Kansas, that they built together. And this was when they became, like, world-renowned for their shared hobby of growing the Victoria water lily. They drove matching Harley-Davidson's and in the early 90s began making frequent trips to the Aspen area. But in 2000, Trey became ill and he had to stop practicing medicine. And this put a significant financial strain on the couple. And I think that this, I really think that they began living outside of their financial means because over the next few years, they were investigated numerous times. Kansas authorities investigated the Stylers in the mid-2000s for arson and insert and insurance fraud after not one, but both of their cars mysteriously exploded within a three-year period. Police were unable to make an arrest due to lack of evidence. In July of 2005, Nancy Styler was arrested and charged with assault after beating a waitress at a Wichita area restaurant. She was sentenced to two years probation in order to pay the victim's hospital bills. I couldn't find the details about this. I bet it was a Waffle House. Right? Like, this is Waffle House behavior. Mm hmm. I wanted to know where it happened. I wanted the details of this assault, but I could not find them. Um, But we're going to talk a little bit more about Nancy later. There are two Nancys in this story, for the record. I try to make sure we know who we're talking about. But this one is Styler at the moment. It was actually Nancy Styler's idea to move permanently to Colorado. She wanted to open a spa. She contacted Nancy Pfister to inquire about her real estate offer in the local local paper. The Stylers were in roughly a half a million dollars worth of debt, so renting was really their only option. Nancy and Trey Styler got Botox injection and laser training, so they were like, okay, we're going to take these, we're going to do Botox, we're going to do lasers, we're going to open this spa, and maybe we can just pull ourselves out of the hole that we've got found ourselves in in the summer of 2013 the couple sold their kansas home rented two storage units in north Glen, colorado and began staying with friends in the denver area until they would be able to move into the fister's home the stylers answered nancy fister's ad for her home in october of 2013 When they knocked on the door, Nancy welcomed them in with champagne. Soon, both of the Nancys were bonding over gardening and the spa idea. Fister thought it was amazing. She was like, oh, the hotel concierges, they'll bring clients right to you. This is a great idea. I think you really have something here. The Stylers agreed to pay Nancy Fister $12,000 for three months' rent. They gave her $6,000 to start. They said they would get the rest and shortly, and Nancy invited them to stay for an extra month before she had to leave for Australia. It was during this month that the deal between the couple and Nancy kind of began to sour. Nancy Styler said that during that month, she was pushed to her limits. Before she had paid her, she felt like she was treated as though they were equals, but after she gave her that first $6,000, Nancy Styler felt like she was treated as hired help, with Nancy Fister telling her to get my cigarettes, get my champagne, get this, do that, rub my feet, rub my neck. I want you to alter 22 Brooks Brothers shirts, because apparently uh, Styler was a very good seamstress, and she was really good at cleaning and doing, like, homemaker stuff. Mm -hmm. So she felt like Nancy Fister was taking advantage of her. Nancy Styler said she had never been treated so poorly by anyone in her life. And she began commiserating with Fister's friend and property manager, Kathy Carpenter. 
Kathy felt like she did similar things for Nancy because they were friends and because Fister asked, but Styler described them both as Nancy's slaves. Those were Styler's words. Fister finally left for Australia, and that was the Styler's goal. They were like, you know, we're already too deep into this. We just have to get her out and get her to where she's going. That way we can Mm -hmm. not have her in the house anymore. And then the Stylers did pay their remaining $6,000 balance to Kathy, but they were allegedly not paying any of the utilities and causing damage. They had ordered spa equipment that was being stored in the garage. And from the other side of the world, Nancy Fister was furious that the couple wasn't holding up their end of the bargain. She was like, you're not paying the, you're not paying the utilities. You're causing problems. I'm going to come back. Fister was supposed to travel until May or June of 2014, but by February, she was already on her way home, telling Kathy Carpenter to, quote, make sure those fuckers are out of my house. The stylers said that her eviction came so quickly that they didn't even have time to get their equipment out of Nancy's garage, and Fister demanded almost $14,000 for utilities and damages that they caused to her house. She also threatened to get a restraining order to keep the stylers off of her property and threatened to keep their property until she was paid in full. The stylers consulted a lawyer and found that Fister was not entitled to hold their property. So they went to the home expecting a fight with Nancy, but she was nowhere to be found. The house was quiet, with the exception of Gabe, whose food and water dish was empty. The couple moved their things out and then came back again the next day, again to a quiet house, and they finished getting everything that they had left. And they left the house with all of their things with no incident. On the evening of Wednesday, February 26, 2014, Kathy Carpenter became concerned when Fister had not returned her phone call from two days earlier. They spoke regularly, and this was unusual for Nancy. Another unusual circumstance was that Nancy had not shown up for her job as a tour guide for two days. Upon hearing this, Carpenter drove to Fister's log home on the north slope of Buttermilk Mountain. She was going to check on her friend. Once she arrived, she too found no trace of Nancy. She entered the home and went up to the master bedroom and noticed that the bed was in disarray. The comforter was draped over one side of the bed and the sheets were pulled off of one side of the mattress. As she moved closer to the bed, she noticed a bloodstain spattered on the bed frame. Oof. Kathy continued into the room and found the bedroom closet locked, but she happened to have a skeleton key that Fister had given to her, and with this she was able to unlock the door. Inside the closet door, Nancy Fister was wrapped in a sheet. Kathy Carpenter screamed, ran to her car, and called 911. I'm going to play that 911 call for you now because it's important to the case. And Kathy was so hysterical that she had to be taken to the emergency room to be sedated. Oh my God. 911, what is the address of the emergency? What is the address of the emergency? Is that a business or apartment? Ma'am, tell me exactly what happened. I don't understand the closet. Ma'am, tell me exactly what happened. I need you to tell me exactly what happened. In her closet. Okay, stay on the line with me. We're going to send help that way. 
So she's clearly very upset. shaken. Yeah, she is. She was so just absolutely unconsolable that they took her to the emergency room um, and sedated her, and police headed over to Nancy's house from there. After that sheet was pulled back when investigators were in there, Nancy's body was revealed to be still in her pajamas. She had a large gash across her torso as though she had been struck with an axe. There were wounds to her face that were later determined to have been caused by someone beating her in the face with a hammer. Investigators turned their attention to the mattress where they believed Fister had been murdered They flipped the mattress over and found a large pool of blood, indicating that whoever killed Fister had flipped the mattress over in order to cover their tracks. There was not one defensive wound on Nancy Fister's body, which led the medical examiner to believe that Nancy had been beaten while she slept. Mm. She was laying in her bed. Someone had beat her in the face with a hammer before swinging an axe into her torso. He determined that the cause of her death was blunt force trauma to the head and exsanguination. She did have um, plastic bags tied around her head. By 5.30 a.m., the police were at the hotel of the Stylers. They and Kathy had been the last ones in Nancy's house. So, of course, they were going to be the people like, hey, you were yeah, here. First, you didn't... Yeah. What what were you doing? Especially when it's a sour relationship. Mm-hmm. And the couple was taken in for questioning. They were put in handcuffs and brought in. Deputy DA Andrea Bryan said that during questioning, what stuck out most to him was that Mrs. Styler could not stop talking about what a terrible person Nancy Fister was. Some of her exact quotes from the interrogation include, She's a liar. She's an alcoholic. And she is the most self-loathing person I have ever met. There is not one person who has said a nice thing about her. In Trey's interview, he showed anger, but not like his wife's. When he they asked, they were like, are you glad that Nancy's dead? And he responded, a little. She'd screwed us up big time. But something was bothering investigators about Trey being the potential murderer. He was elderly. He was weak and he could barely stand. There was no way that if this man was involved, he had done it by himself. After 12 hours of interviews, the Stylers were released because they didn't have any, they didn't have enough evidence to prove that there was probable cause. And I think, I don't know, when I hear about people getting taken in for questioning, I know that a lot of times they'll be like, oh, no, we had no problems. We were all good. We just moved out. It just wasn't good, you know, and that's, like, a sign that they're guilty. But, like, this is almost the exact opposite. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they were awful. She was awful. Yeah. Which is a little weird. Which is still weird, you know? It's, there was, like, no middle ground there, which yeah, I always think if there's not a middle ground, then something's definitely wrong. Yeah, I agree. If it's too much one way, it's not good. And if it's too much the other way, it's not good. But this needs hit immediately because, again, this was the first homicide since 2001. And everyone was hearing about it, talking about it, reading about it. It was everywhere. And the first big break came when just 100 yards away from the Stylers Motel, a garbage collector found very key evidence. They found a bag that contained the vehicle registration for the Stylers Jaguar in the same bag that contained personal objects that belonged to Nancy Fister. They found a bag that contained the vehicle registration for the Stylers Jaguar in the same bag that contained personal objects that belonged to Nancy Fister. And in this bag was an old hammer covered with Nancy's blood. And Trey's DNA was on the plastic bag that it was all in. So just very conveniently, a hundred yards away from their hotel, they find everything in a neat little bag by the garbage collector. 
Four days after they found this, the Stylers were arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Investigator Lisa Miller just kept thinking that it just seemed too easy. It was too good to be true. Allegedly, the Stylers were both said to be incredibly smart, like genius-level IQs. Ray Styler, who was Trey Styler's older brother, claimed that Trey and Nancy used to use their combined intelligence to manipulate certain situations to benefit them. So Lisa Miller was of the mindset, like, these guys don't seem like they would have made a mistake this silly. If this to, like, is- leave the bag, like, right here. Like, a perfectly, here's all the evidence you could ever need. Yeah, just that close to all their things. And in throwing their own car registration away with the murder weapon. Yeah. Like, seems weird. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something smart people would do. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't stop thinking about Kathy Carpenter and just how quickly she had pointed a finger at the nine at the stylers in her 911 call. She did have a motive. Nancy Fister had treated her badly at times. She and Mrs. Styler had commiserated about it, and their relationship with Nancy Fister was a roller coaster. Then, just the day after the body was found, Kathy went to Nancy Fister's safety deposit box at Alpine Bank and took $6,000 of Nancy Fister's money and two family rings. The $6,000 was the other half of the $12,000 payment that Nancy hadn't seen. Fister said that Fitster had given Carpenter legal access to the safe deposit box. She was her property manager when she wasn't there. Yeah. And Kathy said that she took the money in the rings for Fister's daughter. She said that Nancy had told her if anything ever happened to her, Kathy was supposed to make sure that Juliana got these specific things. But the investigators didn't believe her. Eleven days after the Stylers were arrested, Kathy Carpenter became the third person charged with the murder of Nancy Fister. Investigators began to hone in on Kathy's 911 call to use as evidence of her guilt because she made numerous statements about the body that had raised red flags for them. There was a, they can't actually use this like quote unquote science in a trial, but it said that she had made like 39 statements insinuating her guilt within that 911 call. And I would probably sound very similar if I found you in your closet. Yeah. <laughs> over the phone. So I don't know what's true or not, but based on investigator statements, that's what they believed is that she was guilty because of this 911 call. She had said on the phone that she's dead, full of blood, wrapped in a thing. But investigators thought that there was no way of knowing if anything was full of blood. And Nancy had had a bag over her head in addition to the sheet she had been covered with. So, yes, you might assume that it was Nancy Fister, but police wanted to know that how she could have known for certain that it was her friend that was Especially dead. if she was beat with a hammer. And she didn't pull the sheet off of her. She just opened the closet and saw the sheet and the, the, smelled it. So, yeah. I see. I get it. I see what yeah, they're seeing. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I pick up what they're tracking. Mm-hmm. And Kathy was just like, I just assumed it was in my house. I smell. It was in her house. I smelled the smell. I th- I was like, this is Nancy. The community waited for what was sure to be the trial of the decade until less than two weeks before the preliminary hearing. Trey Styler told police that he wanted to make a statement regarding the murder. He had taken a plea bargain. Confess plead guilty to first-degree murder so that both his wife and Nancy Carpenter would be released. Trey Styler began his statement with, I lost my mind, or at least my rational mind. It was me. It was all me. He described how he had slipped out of his motel room while his wife Nancy was sleeping. He then drove their Jaguar to Nancy Fister's house to confront her about the way she had treated his wife when they rented her home. And the statement continued, I stuck my head in the door far enough to ascertain that she was in fact in bed. I called her name out again and she still didn't respond. Styler then gave gruesome details of what happened that morning. He told police that he had quietly made his way into the bedroom while he watched Nancy Fister sleep. All the rage that had built inside of him from the time his health began to decline spilled out of him all at once. 
he focused his anger on Fister and all of the difficulties she had caused for them. He made his way back downstairs, grabbed a hammer and an axe. He also obtained a large orange extension cord and a garbage plastic bag, plastic garbage bag, which he later used to tie her up. Trey, Trey described how he struck her in the face with the hammer over and over again until she stopped moving. When he realized she was still breathing, that's when he plunged the axe into her body, killing her. Trey Styler said that he wrapped Fister's body in her bed sheet and multiple plastic bags and then left her in the closet. He grabbed some of her belongings, like her medication and cigarettes, to make it look like she had left, and he never told his wife, ruling her and Kathy Carpenter out as suspects. As part of the plea deal, charges were dropped against Nancy Styler, and after more than 100 days in jail, the women were released. Mm. And I, <laughs> well, you'll see the pictures of this guy. I don't buy this like, at all if he's as they're gonna be like as what they yeah he is he is as decrepit he literally has a walker like he can't walk i find it hard to believe that he would be able to pick up like i think the women like a heavy bag of dirt i kind of do too that is what i am of the same mindset like i think i honestly think all three of them were involved yeah but i don't think that there's any way that trey could have done it on his own And investigator Lisa Miller never believed his story either. Um, She thought that Nancy and Kathy were both involved, but because they were forced to take the plea deal, there wasn't enough evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in court that they were. But because of the plea deal also, Nancy can't be charged with that crime in the future under any circumstances. Carpenter... If they were to find any future information, investigators could still potentially charge Kathy Carpenter in her murder, but they have found no concrete evidence linking Carpenter to Nancy Fister's death. Carpenter's possible involvement in the case has been widely disputed by friends and family of Nancy. Many believe that the police were suspicious of her because of the intense media coverage in the aftermath of the murder. They, like, because murder happened so little, they were like, no, we need an answer now. You need to tell us who did this. So they feel like the investigation was botched and they just picked whoever they could without investigating. I feel like she could have had something to do with it and then taken the registration and that's what I think too. I think and then what she like double almost like she did them dirty after they did that. Like exactly like Like she tried to cover her ass. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought that that was because if he can barely stand and he didn't even mention flipping the mattress over or anything. That right. Exactly. How heavy is a mattress? Yeah. Especially especially blood. yeah. Yeah. If it's a queen mattress like, I could barely get mine flipped over by myself, you know? And she's rich, so it's probably a king. It's probably a king. It's probably memory foam, which is even heavier. <laughs> yeah, and you it's like you soak it because that's a lot of blood. Like, an axe wound to the chest is a lot of blood. Oof, yeah, it is. I hadn't thought mm. about that, but gross. Trey Styler plead, pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and received a life sentence which was later changed to only 20 years. On August 6, 2015, Styler was found dead in his cell at Arrowhead Correctional Facility in Canyon City, Colorado. An autopsy found that he had committed suicide by choking after he ingested small pieces of plastic from a broken pen. He was 67 years old. Mm. Shortly before his apparent suicide, he and Mrs. Styler had begun divorce proceedings but after his death nancy styler filed for bankruptcy in fall river massachusetts under her maiden name nancy masson then now masson collected over a million dollars from a life insurance policy taken out in 1985 when the couple was first married there was no suicide clause written into the policy so the insurance company was still liable to give Oh, even though he died by suicide. Mm -hmm. Yep, there wasn't a suicide clause in it. The bankruptcy filing temporarily protected the insurance payout from being seized by Masson's creditors. However, 
Nancy Masson is currently being investigated for fraud and tax evasion in New Bedford, Massachusetts, where she's lived since 2016. Um, I kind of feel like it would have been one of those, the guilt was too much. And then you take the fall for this woman. Uh-huh. Because even if Kathy had nothing to do with it, the other Nancy absolutely did. Oh, yeah. 100%. Honestly, and I think that's the general consensus is that she's like the mastermind behind all of this Mm -hmm. who planned it. Has your brand been struggling to reach the correct audience when advertising? We've all done it. Maximize privacy filters on our phones and apps because who wants to be talking about something for it to pop up mysteriously later? It's weird and everyone hates it. Did you know that podcast advertising is way more effective than display advertising? With 67% of listeners remembering brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. You know how much we love Zencaster, and their new creator network is no different. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster's creator network makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters. Zencaster's Creator Network is a perfect place for you to get into podcast ads and sponsor your favorite creators like us. So stop wasting advertising dollars on ad campaigns that aren't targeting your niche audience. Let Zencaster's Creator Network match you with podcasters who can ensure that your target audience is being reached. We love Zencaster so much and being able to see ad opportunities come across our dashboard with a percentage match to see how much our audiences line up is game changing. It helps creators really get behind brands that mean something to them. And with a podcast show for just about anything you can think of, your brand is no exception. Are you interested in sponsoring this show or podcast ads for your business? Go to zen.ai slash gruesome and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. In 2015, Nancy Styler wrote a book called Guilt by Matrimony, a memoir of love, madness, and the murder of Nancy Pfister. Oh, yeah. That's gross. The book was not well-received, especially in Aspen. And it was described by Aspen Daily as jarring and a giant hate speech. Styler described Pfister as having borderline personality disorder and she really seemed to like glorify her husband murdering her. One ta- one chapter is titled Trey to the Rescue. And the whole book just continues her story of maintaining that she knew nothing about the murder. Yeah, this man with a walker isn't going to be like. Yeah, and he is just like he's frail. You'll see. And he got arrested in his blue bathrobe. And you see that picture. You're like, no way did that guy do that alone. Yeah, I mean, if it were a gunshot, if it were something, this is what I think. I think both women had some, like, I think both women had something to do with it. Because if Trey hated her as much as he did, he would not have given a shit if her body was found. Mm -mm. But hiding it, that shows a little bit of remorse, guilt. Like, typically you see that type of thing with someone who is close to the victim. And like, cause they were completely covered up, but, uh, there's no way, there's no way he did that by himself. No way. And I'm just wondering if they made it look like she was gone, like they're like, oh yeah, we took the things and made it look like she was gone. And Kathy had no idea. Like, why did, why did Kathy continue to look in the house? You know, like if she got there and she was like, oh, there, she's not here anywhere. Like, why, why did she and- like. Find the why? locked closet and be like, oh, I'm going to unlock this and look in it. Why not? And if your goal is to make it look like they're gone, you're obviously strong enough to carry her into a closet, like dead weight into a closet. Mm-hmm. Why not remove her body from that house? It's Aspen. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots, lots of, of environmental areas you could have disposed of her body. In this book, she also accused the Pitkin County investigators of mishandling evidence. Um, and Carpenter's attorney also agrees that evidence was mishandled. Nancy thought that the investigators had it out from for her from the beginning. Fister's well, yeah. family, along with Kathy Carpenter, actually tried to stop this book from getting published, but that failed. And um, 
the county sheriff said that throwing those kinds of stones at a woman who's been the victim of a murder is a horrible thing to do. It's right in line with the kind of people we're talking about. You don't need to do that. She's dead. Your husband killed her. Leave her alone. And it's one. I don't think it was a personality disorder. I think she was a very privileged older woman who had spent her entire life taking care of, like, you know, doing things for herself. And it's like, all she's hearing is that they're not paying utilities. They're not doing this. Like, I think she liked a tight grip on things. I'm not saying she didn't like abuse friendships that she had, but like to say her being like cruel also, and demanding. And we say this all the time. Even if she was a bad friend, even if she was like mean and disrespectful, yeah, you don't like fucking don't, brutally murder her. You don't have to be friends with that person. You can just walk away. You can turn on your heel and be like, thanks, no thanks. Yeah, I'm going to sue door. you. I'm not paying you $14,000. I'm going to sue you. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Like you had already consulted a lawyer. You already knew that. Like you were allowed yeah. to get your stuff. You had yeah. your stuff back, right? So like did they kill her and take their stuff back? That's kind of what I'm wondering too. It didn't happen that morning when they went to go get their stuff back. Mm-hmm. And she was I just asleep. picture Kathy and Nancy together like, can you believe her? Can you believe what she puts us through? I don't yeah. know. Maybe Kathy didn't have anything to do with it, but Nancy 100% did. Nancy certainly did. Yeah, I'm with you. I just don't, you know, just thought about this one too. What if Nancy is the one that put all of those things in a neat little bag with her husband's prints on it? With her husband's DNA? Yeah. I'm just mm. like, oops, it was him. There we go. And like, he was obviously already sick. Like he had to quit working because he was sick. Yeah. He had like an autoimmune disease. So he was frail. His body was failing anyways. I just like how they could just buy it, like take that plea deal and be like, okay, well, we'll just take it as just this, just to get one person. It's weird that they would, you have three people in custody and then you're going to let two of them just go. I would have made him lift up like the equivalent of a body. (laughs) I'd be like, can you pick up this bag and can you pick up this axe? Can you pick up this axe, please? Yeah, hold it above your head and swing and it. And swing Show it. Show us. Oh, you can't? Okay. Come on, so Nancy. Weird. Your ass is, your ass is grass, <laughs> too. Nancy, you come pick this up. It was, uh, I read this line of Nancy describing everything she had left. And it was like her 2002 Jaguar worth $3,600. $300 worth of something, and then $15,000 worth of skincare products. Like, that was all she had to her name. <laughs> and I was like, how? That's a lot. That's, like, excessive. <laughs> but like that's she- kind of, like, how she struck me as just, like, living outside of her means. Mm-hmm. Like, her husband was not able to be a doctor and she was unable to keep up on her lifestyle. And so I want to know how she to... talked her husband into taking the fall for her. Oof. Because we've talked about it. I am not a ride or die. I would have been like, I did not do this. <laughs> this was not me. I can tell you when, where, why. Look, I can't even lift this. Look, do you see this walker? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The picture of him getting arrested in his blue bathrobe, though. It like I did laugh at it. I'll give you that. I didn't like I felt bad laughing at it, but I did laugh at it. I have lifted an axe before and they're heavy. They are heavy. Yeah. yeah and like, it's I tried like... to like cut wood and I was like, oh, this ain't it. <laughs> this isn't also, for me. Just like how hard do you have to hit someone in the head and how many times with a hammer? Like that's a lot. It's like high volume. And for her to not wake up and have not have defensive wounds, he it, that was in like a quick. That was quick. Yeah, it was quick and hard. Yeah. Sorry, old Grandpa Winter. I don't think you did it. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, guys, say it with me. Convenience. We're busy. You don't want to lug around your big blender, and you sure as heck don't want to stand in line or pay the prices at a smoothie bar. 
You want quick, nutritious, and you want it on the go. I have to tell you about my hands-down favorite new kitchen gadget, the BlendJet 2. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. I'm already counting down to warm weather so I can blend up a cocktail from the boat or the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. Because remember, we love convenience. There are 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from. I am obsessed. Meg is obsessed. We've been texting about this nonstop. My husband already picked out one that matches his style because we both have to be able to make margaritas. I mean, nutritious smoothies. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Nancy Fister's name got added to a shrine titled In Memory of Friends of Aspen in Snowmass Village, Colorado. And it has like John Denver and Molly Brown on it and they added her name in 2016. Her daughter, Juliana, said that she was the person I loved most in the whole universe. She is the person I love most. But I bet if she wasn't my mom, she still would have been one of my best friends. Mm. So That's sorry. sad. It is sad. Because I have a difficult personality. <sighs> I'm glad my friends don't kill me. <laughs> Yet. You got a while. Might happen one day. No. <laughs> No, I'm like, a no, because I'll be waiting there on your ring doorbell for when they show up. Like, what are you doing here? You're who are you? It's just and if that this would have happened, you know, now she probably would have had a ring doorbell. Mm -hmm. Ring doorbells have fixed so much. Yep. Just like the access to like security footage. Yeah, that used to be only a rich person thing. Oh, for yeah, you sure. you can get one for like 40 bucks. Yeah, like if somebody comes to any side of my house, it's like person detected. Like, right, exactly. And I have <laughs> like, we have Simply Safe, not sponsored or anything, but like we have Simply Safe. And it's if a window opens, it's like door or window open. Yeah, my in laws have Simply door. Safe. And every time the door opens, it goes and then it pops up on their phone that the door mm -hmm. is open. I walk by their garage and it's like someone's detected. I go yeah, into their like, other garage. Back door. My favorite is when it's like early in the morning and I'm the first one to let my dog out and I forget that the alarm was set and I like am half asleep, have a had coffee, and I open that sliding door and I hear beep, 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 <sighs> beep. And I'm like, damn it, I gotta like run across no! the house. The five O's coming. That's my uh, concern with a. Uh with an alarm system is that I would accidentally call the police to my own house. Uh, I have two panic buttons <laughs> like in my house. And just in case you're extra panicky. Yeah. Like, well, cause you know, you never know. Like what if I'm like on one side, like we have it on each side of the house and then we have like one, um, like we have like silent alarm, like two silent alarms that don't go off. It just calls the police. And then we have one that if you hit the button, it's like, a fire alarm. It's like, wee wee wee. That's and scary. the police are called and and like and that's what it's supposed to be to like scare people off. And I'm I love always it when worried. people like, set their Alexas up. And they set their Alexas up to do like hilarious thing. They're like Alexa, intruder alert, and then like the lights go all red and it starts playing like Smash Mouth. Because <laughs> that's I would be like I'm never leaving. Thank Mine you. would be Chambawamba. I, <laughs> I just I started the other day I got the aux cord and I started playing tub thumping. My husband was like, 
did you just pick Chumbawamba? And I was like, I don't know. I was just thinking about it. I was feeling it. What is your song? What is the cringiest song that you listen to that it gives you so much dopamine, but you're like, no, no one. one can know. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. I love hollow notes, but not like good hollow notes. Like the popular stuff. Like I like the not hits. That's so like, my husband. He loves hollow notes. Like he listens to sad dad rock all the time. Like yacht rock. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I like I like uh, the bad hollow notes song. Like I can't go for that. Isn't necessarily a bad one but that's one of my favorites i can't go for that whoa whoa mine no is worse what is it so one day i was watching a youtuber <laughs> okay. and it's very popular by the name of pewdiepie okay and- <laughs> yes i know i'm a familiar and he has this song called congratulations it's like a real song like it's on like apple music but it's about like a it's like a diss track to another youtube channel group called t-series i don't even watch these people like that's the best <laughs> part about all of this i don't watch Pe- like sometimes i'll watch pewdiepie videos like if my husband's watching them and like i'll like if he's sitting down i'll sit down with him but like it's not something i actively search out but i listen to this song like when it's if it plays in my car, like if it plays on shuffle, I repeat it and listen to it like four times in a row because it just yeah. fucking pumps me up. You crank, crank it up. That's I think that's okay. I don't think. But it's didn't so wrong with it. it's so cringe and like it play. We were on our way to my husband's grandparents' house for Christmas, and I was playing. Uh, like I had the ox cord, so uh-huh. I was playing just like my you know twenty 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 two recap. And it was the first song that played. And he's like, what are you listening to? I'm like, oh, this is like my most listened to from 2022. He's like, and you have fucking PewDiePie on it? <laughs> Like, it's your fault. I was like, I don't even know why I like this. But it just gives me such a good, like, it's it's a really dumb song. But it just, the dopamine I get from it is, the level is unmatched. Like, unmatched. And Can I'm I a tell Swifty. you, I've been listening to Scene Queen a lot. No. Okay. So there's this band. It's called Scene Queen. And it's kind of like if like Chuggy Rap Metal and Paris Hilton had a baby. And I fucking love it. And it's like, like it's a little embarrassing, but that is my get pump music. I listen to it every morning on my way to class, just cranked to high heaven, just like, and it's, it's got like terrible, I think it's hilarious, but like terrible lyrics. So funny. I don't know. If you like, it I, just goes hard. It's like very like hardcore meets like white girl rap. And those you, are both of my genres. I love it. <laughs> you know, the memes of like the the new Wednesday show of her with her best friend. Like mm-hmm. every best friend has this aesthetic. Heenan and this was. Th- that was us. Like, you were Wednesday in yeah. high school. I was Eden. And I remember you listening to, like, <laughs> Regina Spector, like, the oh, flaming I lips. Regina Spector. And I was always, like, can't get into it. Like, it's not. <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I think I have intentionally not told you about uh... – not scene told queen. you about scene queen because I feel like I'm like, she's, I don't know that she's going to like it, but maybe you'll love it. Remember when we maybe. listened to millionaires? Yeah. It's very similar. But okay. like if they okay. had really good, like metal on it, it was, I, if you're into it, I'm very into scene I'm gonna, queen right now. Now I'm going to have to listen to it. I'm going to play it tomorrow while I'm working. I like listening to music at work that I don't know the lyrics to that I can just like pop, 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 pop. Like I'll uh, I'll send you a couple. I'll send you I'll send you my faves. I sent I showed Zach the picture. It's like all best like where it's like best best friends never have the same aesthetic. And I was like, doesn't this look like me and Megan? And he was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> you were like. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were like listening to like way like real metal and i was like more pop punk and i mean I even just, still now i like listen to taylor swift like she's going out of style i did uh i did go heavy on midnights for quite a few it was weeks there so so good <laughs> it is good it's fun so and good. it's just like i don't know when i was in finals week and i was already sad and i would just wanted to be sadder it made mm-hmm. me sadder. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at outfits for her concert, and everything that shows up is like Sheen, and I don't. I'm not a Sheen girl. Uh, nothing against people that shop at Sheen, but I I don't think I'm built for Sheen clothing. So I, I don't. can't like picture it because the models they use are so like unrealistic that I can't even picture the clothes on myself. No, like I I'm pretty sure I'd be like a 16X in Sheen sizes and <laughs> I just really can't do that to my self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> like I just can't. I did buy my kids stuff off Sheen Kids. Because they needed like first day of school outfits, and they did. But that's the only thing I've ever bought off of there. And I don't do a lot of fast fashion. Yeah, like, I didn't like the general. quality, and I felt bad about it anyways when I was doing it. And I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna try it. And then I tried it, and I was like, okay, you were right, conscience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't do Fashion Nova or any of that either. Uh-uh. Like, no. Yeah, I don't do fast fashion. And I also mainly shop at Goodwill. So, right, exactly. And I'll do, I don't know, I think about, I do some fast fashion, but I use those things for a very long time. I don't like, like the $800 hauls. That's crazy. But if you're shopping and you're just buying, like if you go to Target and you're buying like basics, technically that's fast fashion, you know? Yeah. but yeah. you're going to wear those things until they wear out. Actually, yeah. I have the SO Tammy popped a whole strap on one because I've had it for 14 years or something. I think if they had a Sheen store that I could go and like try things on. But one, I like to have the things that I buy the very next day. So that doesn't work out with Sheen. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I don't, the sizing stresses me out. Like if there's anyone who's like, you know, like mid-sized girls buying these clothes, like holler at your girl, let me know. But I just, I'm worried I'm going to get it. And then I'm going to feel severely fucking depressed when I've spent like a hundred dollars on stuff. And I look like a can of Pillsbury biscuits. Like, I got a betrayed by vintage sizing the other day. Oof! I did that (laughs) with a pair of Levi's and I was like, hell yeah. Straight legs. Button oh, fly, these are the best. And I was like, This is my size. And I put them on and this I got them like mid size. I got them like <laughs> mid thigh. And I was like, I'm going to die now. <laughs> like, I'm gonna die. Like, what the hell is happening? I got these dress pants and they're so cool. They're uh they were tens, and I like pulled them up and I buttoned them, and I was like, This is a vintage 10, mm-hmm. which is like a six. Or maybe mm-hmm. a small eight. I've had know. a full-on, like, sobbing breakdown with my husband, and I was trying to find clothes. And I was like, you don't get it because you buy the same sizes, and it fits every time. Just, like, you have to make sure you get the right fit, straight, boot, whatever. But, like, my size, I wear four different sizes. Exactly. It's such bullshit that dudes can be like, oh, yeah, I just wear a 32. In, like, all Mm -hmm. pants. And it doesn't matter, like, how much, like, my husband's weight fluctuates. It's still always, like, a 32 for him. He's like, yeah, I'm just still a 32. And I'm... Yeah, and I'll get, like, 29s or 30s. And 30s will... Some 30s fit me. Some 30s don't. No, sometimes I need a 34. Like, sometimes I need... It's... I bought... I remember Hollister used to be the worst with that. Like, I was... Like a size two, and I'd go to Hollister, and they're like, size eight, please. And I'd be like, oh. and now I'm like, I just want to be a size eight again. A Hollister size eight is a size two, though. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never really shopped at Hollister because I would get a headache every time I walked in there. But that's I how snap- I feel like 
the journey to having a healthy lifestyle is so there is so much over like there's so much information out there that it's overwhelming and I don't know where to start. And I was like, I'm going to make a meal plan. But then you like try to Google them and like, you know, get on Pinterest and do all these things. And everything is telling you one article is like, never do this. And the other one is like, always do this. And I'm like, I don't know. You know what I don't like about looking up meal plans online is that every meal is super complicated. It's like, yes, yes. it's like a lot. And I like food and I don't I'm not like a picky eater I'm not like an exclusively french fries and chicken tandy girl I'll eat all kinds of weird stuff but sometimes I see those recipes and I'm like I don't I wouldn't eat that like that does not look appetizing to me this is where I need a listener who's like I can make meal plans I could help you because I just need a couple good meals that I could hyper fixate on for like a month because (laughs) I went through a phase where it was the same thing right yeah, I I will eat. The, I ate ground turkey, zucchini, and peppers and onions for literally four weeks straight. My husband was like, "Okay, like we're done. Like <laughs> we're this done is done. This. You have to eat something else." And I was like, "This is fine. <laughs> like I could eat the same meal until I'm like vomiting. <laughs> so the smell of it makes me want to like gag. But I just don't know what I'm doing. I need to work out, but I'm so far out of shape that like." I don't even know where to start with that either because I feel like all workout plans are for like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like you just have to know. <laughs> and I don't need someone who like I need someone who was thicker and then got skinnier. And I know that sounds like real <laughs> like I need that. I don't need someone who like I need someone to like coach me and be like, oh, you're doing great. Like you're doing fine. I just it's it's hard it's, to I know. have. It's hard. It's hard to like have a like to be a woman and to have your body change, especially with age, because you are, I don't know. I, even five years ago, I look at myself and I'm like, oh yeah, I looked like that, but I understand that my body has changed and it's probably not ever going to look just like that again. You know? Yeah. I just, I have all of the tools to do it. I just, it's like, I have all the pieces of the Ikea furniture without the instructions. (laughs) And I, I don't know. I'm about to just pay someone. But I did that once and it was the meal plan that I got was like atrocious. I was like, I don't even, I am, I will eat. I don't care what it is. Like I will eat it. (laughs) And I like to cook. So I'll Gordon Ramsay up in the kitchen. I don't care if it's got 37 steps, like her girl's got it. But then, oh, I can't even think of all, I like trauma blocked all of the stuff that they had on there. And I was like, ugh. Is it like and chug I, six raw eggs? No, it was like I can't. I may even have it. It's insane. Uh, oh no, it was on my old email, like my my other married name's email. But it was it was like it was gross. One of the things they were wanting me to cook with like duck fat, and I was like, "Am I supposed to have this in the kitchen? Like I don't. Like, I don't Just have this. duck fat chilling." And I was like, I, I know I'm not like a beef welly girl, but come on, <laughs> help us just out. You could, you could make a beef welly if you wanted to. Sorry, I went on a tangent there. No, I got triggered okay. talking about clothes. Like I got a little triggered. I'm a little sweaty now. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's uh, it's bodies are weird, and they change and it's okay mm-hmm. that they change but it's also okay if you want to change too yeah and, and I that's think like where see, I'm at yeah. yeah you see it a lot like people are like you don't have to do this and like it's your brain being trained to do like want this and it, you don't actually want it and I'm like but that's okay if you do like it's okay yeah. if you're like you know no I do kind of want it like I know that probably it's a little bit indoctrination and probably it's a little bit of like just wanting to feel better well, that's my thing. It's like, I don't want to work out and like eat better to lose. I want to feel better. Yeah. Like I want to feel better. And I want to set healthy, like not unrealistic, healthy, like expectations for my daughter, but I want her to see that it is okay to like, you can work out health, like healthy. You can, you don't have to like overdo it. You can eat healthy. Like you, like, I just want to set yeah. an example for her. I Plus, started going to the gym in... Uh, October and since I 
had started, like now my daughters are like, check out how strong I am. You want to see me do some push-ups? I'm like, yeah, I do want to see you do push-ups. Like, mm-hmm. you want to see how long I can hold my hold my hold myself here? Look how strong I am. And I just think that's so cool that they just want to be like super strong. You want to be humbled? Go for a run with a 12 year old. No, I don't want to be humbled. Because <laughs> I, I was would, like, oh, I wouldn't yeah. be humbled. I would be embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, I'll go for a run with you. And then I was like, oh my God, you're so fast. How are you still running? And his legs are so long. Like his legs are like the length, like my length. You should have brought a wagon. I've been like, you're going to pull me in this now. <laughs> like a chariot. Like, please. Uh, <laughs> like a chariot. You should get him in the, both your boys, just one on each side, carrying you around in those. Oh my gosh. My middle son wants nothing to do with anything that sounds like work. <laughs> Or out, like outside. He wants none of that. And then my daughter, we went to dance class today and she's been sleeping ever since. She's still asleep? Yeah, I'm like, same, girlfriend. <laughs> she had a big nap. Same. Dance takes it out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, guys, we've rambled for a little bit. So, happy new year. Happy new year. You can do it. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime, a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should... Click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which... We love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs)